So we imagine a courtroom proceeding where I'm standing on the witness stand. I am looking at my neighbor who has been charged with something, and I want him to be charged with it. He did not do it. It's not true. But I need him to pay for it. And so the lawyer or the advocate or the judge asks me, did you see them do that thing? And I say, yes. Perjuring myself and bearing witness falsely to the one who lives near me. Obviously, you would say, well, that's, I mean, that, what a horrible thing to do. And if you do that now, you will go to jail, in theory. It's a crime to lie under oath. It's a crime to, when you've made a covenant with the court, to say that you will tell the truth, the whole truth, which those are apparently two different things. So help me God. Then you put your hand on the Bible, you raise your hand, you say, you will tell the truth. Truth is a funny thing, you know, it's especially truth about what happened. To prove that what you believe to be true is true, sometimes that can be tough. Especially if you have three or four different people who see something fantastic. And it blows, blows their mind. And they'll say, oh, I cannot believe that happened. And one person shows up and interviews those three or four different people. And they say, what happened? They say, well, I'll tell you what happened. And they go on and they tell what happened. You say, what? Well, that person's story differs from this person's story, and this person's story differs from this person's story. And it doesn't always mean that they're lying. It just means that it wasn't exactly the way it happened. We perceive things from different angles, don't we? My upbringing or my vantage point and your upbringing and your vantage point might perceive the same event in different ways. We see this clearly in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, don't we? We've got John seeing Jesus from one perspective and Matthew seeing Jesus from another. We've got little uh, interesting relationships playing themselves out in Scripture. Because in Matthew, in the, in the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, whenever it tells the story of Jesus cutting off an ear, oh, not Jesus, Jesus didn't do that. Everyone calm down. <laughs> of Peter cutting off an ear, it, the, it says, in the synoptics, it says, he, uh, a, a disciple or one there, pulled a sword. And then John says, it was Peter. First one to out him, but he outs him nonetheless. 
We have these interesting relationships playing out and the way I'm connecting to Peter makes me, the way I understand his upbringing and the way I understand his connection to Jesus, that just, it just makes me tell the story differently. My children will remember their upbringings from different perspectives. Macy, the favorite, will, no, I'm just kidding. She's the only one in here, so that's funny to me. And she deeply believes it. So they'll all see it from a, a different perspective. And when we're dealing with our neighbor, Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus eventually tells his disciples, love each other as I have loved you. When we're dealing with our neighbor, it's not just about, when we, if we want to be a kingdom of God to the world, it's not just about the courtroom. It's not just about a place where I can bear testimony, where I can testify against them wrongly. You shall not bear a false witness about your neighbor. Your testimony about your neighbor must be true. But truth, as you see it, the perspective you hold about that person is oftentimes dependent upon how you, from where you came, how you were raised, how you see the world. And you cannot sum up your neighbor, can you? Now, your summation of them may be they park in front of my driveway too much. They have too many people over at that house. He needs to mow his yard. Well, maybe he's having trouble with his lawnmower. Maybe he's called and called the guy that does it and he hasn't showed up. The way we see the world around us is often through our own lens. Does this benefit me or does it not? Is this the way I like it or isn't it? And so when we say something, proclaim something about the world around us, about the people around us, oftentimes it's our level of confidence that makes us false. It's our passion that makes liars out of us. Instead of just acknowledging, I don't know very much about them. My goodness, my guys, my shoe is untied. Can we pause? Is this throwing everyone else off? I'm just going to take them off. I'm just kidding. I'm going to tie it. (laughs) What in the world? I'm a grown-up. I'm 40 years old. All right, there we go. Don't clap. Yeah. <laughs> I felt it from the start. I just thought, this is, this is a nag on me. Um, the way we see each other, like he was, his shoe was untied. What in the world? What kind of grown-up can't tie his shoes? There is, the, the way we see the world around us, if, if we are a kingdom of priests, if we are representing God, if we are seeing the world through love, 
we have, we've got to ask ourselves, is our witness true? Is our testimony about people, about the world, about our, about our own self, is it true? Can we, as a people, be trusted when we say things? I proclaim. I proclaim with every fiber of my being that Jesus is alive and the tomb is empty. That, that when, Jesus, when they killed Jesus on the cross, he did not stay dead. He stopped it and rose. And now he is king and we are invited to his table. I believe this deep in my core. And I want the world to know that God loves them and sent his son for them and that the sacrifice and victory of Jesus is not just for me, but it's for them. I can't also, therefore, be just as passionate that the earth is flat. I can't be, therefore, just as passionate about whatever other conspiracy theory you found online. I can't be proclaiming one message that's absolute nonsense to the world and then wonder why they don't believe me whenever I claim that Jesus is alive and loves them. I can't treat their sin as an issue that's more important than their personhood. And then also claim that I love them like God does because God sure didn't do that with me. If we want to be the people of God, the kingdom of priests, our testimony about the world around us, about the people around us, it has to be pure. And so if we're standing in the courtroom proclaiming nonsense, how are we going to point to the one true God and call that true also? You know, whenever I was a kid, it was about like swear words. You, just, you can't swear and then worship God. How are you going to do both? And I get that. But we would go home. It's not my family necessarily, but I, I, we would go out to eat with people after church and just talk about the preacher. It's amazing that anyone who grew up in the church ever becomes a preacher. Everyone hears everybody else going, my goodness, he, what an idiotic thing to say this morning. It's amazing any of us get up and go, you know what, I'm going to be talked about like that at Ruby Tuesdays. I want to, I, I, I want that. No, we don't want that. But it is just so much easier, it is so much easier for other people to be corrected than to correct self. It's so much easier to have the, the world around us be bad than for me to function as a good follower of Christ within that world. I can stand here and go, well, the world, the world, the world, the world thinks this and the world thinks that. And all, all the while, I'm just building scarecrows in the church garden and burning them down every Sunday. These, these straw men arguments about how the world thinks. 
What God is calling us to is not to correct how the world thinks, but to be true in our testimony. And so whenever I have these, these wacky thoughts, and I'm passionate about those, listen, if you, listen, if you, I'm, I'm serious here, if you believe the earth is flat, go for it. Keep it to yourself. For the sake of Jesus, keep that to yourself. For the sake of the kingdom of God, keep your testimony true. For the sake of the kingdom of God, make sure that what you're passionately proclaiming is Jesus and only Jesus. Is the love of Christ and only the love of Christ. To keep our testimony true, we have to proclaim what we know is true and not just what we sort of found interesting. We have to proclaim that with passion. And to couple that, because this is twofold, to couple that proclamation with what we proclaim about the people in our lives. I have yet to meet a Christian who doesn't wrestle with other Christians. Other, I mean, maybe Raylene Snow. I just feel like she loves all of us. Raylene, you love all of us, and that's our touch. We're so happy about that. I have yet to meet a Christian who doesn't wrestle with other Christians. And the way we talk about each other matters. The truth we proclaim about each other. If, if we talk with love and kindness about each other, that's going to have an impact on the world. But if we speak with, with vitriol and, and frustration with each other, yeah, you can do that to one another. Let's hash some of that stuff out for sure. But going and bearing false witness about somebody else that's not in the room is detrimental to the kingdom of God. All you're doing is going, I think they're wrong and I'm right. Don't you think I'm right? They're wrong, right? Well, of course they're going to tell you yes. But there's a good chance that they run off and tell somebody, like, well, they're, just, they're kind of cranky, aren't they? And it becomes a cycle of people going, well, did you hear what Benjamin said? Or did you hear what, what DJ said to this person over there? Especially if you hear a rumor about DJ, it's probably true. But it... <laughs> no, it, but it doesn't matter if it's true. It's not your truth. It doesn't... I once had a church secretary tell me, this wasn't here, that it's not gossip if it's true. And, that, and I, I told her, silly 21-year-old me thought I could tell her, but I told her it's actually only gossip if it's true. Otherwise, it's slander. And that's a different sin altogether. Gossip, slander, are lies and truths 
told unnecessarily to people who don't need them. Tell your story. Tell the story of Jesus. Don't assume that you know other people's story. All you know is how they've interacted with you. You don't know what it was like for them growing up. You don't know what it was like for them whenever they set off on their own, how difficult that was. You don't know how they've been shaped. You may not like their shape, but you don't know how it happened. And so when we are bearing false witness about the world around us and about our church, what we're doing is we're selling them short. We actually don't know the whole truth. We actually aren't aware of their full life. We're not taking into account their whole being and their whole humanity. As the kingdom of God, we are called to see the world as God sees the world. And that's through love and understanding. And God did not call us to represent him just so that we can bicker about one another. And you may say, oh, but no, listen, Benjamin, I know my enemy. Maybe so. But do you love your enemy? Do you pray for those who persecute you? The way of Jesus is above our ways, isn't it? I can, I, I can, I will never stand up here and tell you about the way of Jesus and feel like, I'm, I, I'm doing a good job living it when I leave. I'm just so thankful Jesus lived it for me. And I'm so thankful Jesus lived it for you. The only true testimony that we can give is the one when we point to Jesus and say Jesus is the resurrected, crucified, resurrected King. We are never bearing false witness about that fact. But when we get in the business of trying to make sure everybody else around us is just so, we're, not, we're never going to have the full truth. So what I must do is apply the full truth that I do know, that Jesus is the resurrected the crucified, resurrected king. I know that. And Jesus did that. God did that because God loves me unconditionally. So I'm going to, instead of trying to investigate your truth and know you fully, although I'd love to know you well so that I can love you well, but I must take my truth that Jesus is Lord And apply that to my relationships. If Jesus is Lord, then I must love you like Jesus loves me. Yeah, but have you seen them? Yeah, they believe the earth is flat. Love them. Now, part of me loving you is at a table with you saying, hey, you got to calm this stuff down. It's hurting your testimony about Jesus. Part of me loving you is Calling, calling you out 
you need to be called out and you calling me out if I need to be called out. That's love. I'm appreciative of that. So anybody who says, you know, it's not love, it's not love to point out mistakes in our brothers and sisters to their face. And I'd say, well, you, haven't you been married? That's the deepest love we know. And that's a wonderful place to go, hey, that, you didn't treat them with kindness there. That was tacky. That wasn't full of grace. We need that from our spouses. We need that from our church. I need that from you. But when we don't show love, when we don't truthfully interact with the world with the only truth that we really know, the only true thing is that Jesus is Lord. And I'm, I'm going to hold on to that and then go into the world and interact. We're, we're not the kingdom at that point. We can be a, a country club that loves certain issues and political perspectives. But we're not the kingdom. We could become a cult that has certain things you've got to do to get in and then once you're in, you're in and all those that are out are out. And we're definitely not the kingdom then. But the kingdom takes the cross, the empty tomb, the occupied throne and goes into the world and has some truth to tell. And we tell it through the way we interact with those people. The kingdom bears true witness to the world that Jesus is alive. Death has been defeated. Sin has been forgiven. And unity is possible. Not uniformity, but unity. And invite people to your church and you go, they might, they, I don't know if they'll like it here. Let them decide. See if they do. Don't make that choice for them. They might not. That's fine. They'll find God somewhere. They'll find Jesus somewhere. But operating out of truth matters to our witness. And if your witness isn't true, if it's not holding on to truth, then we're not fully the kingdom of priests that we can be. This week, live on what is true. Holy Father, you are good to us. And we are thankful to be your people. We are thankful that we have an opportunity to be your kingdom of priests. God, forgive us when we get caught up in nonsense, in falsehoods whether it be about other humans, about our brothers and sisters, about the world, about what's going on in the world, God, set us free from the chains of our own nonsense and help us to live only on what you provide, a truth that produces love 
and joy, a spirit that produces patience and kindness. God, grant us your pres- an awareness of your presence this week. And help us to live from that truth. You are all-powerful, holy, and you love us. And so we will go and be your kingdom of priests. Grant us the power and the strength. In your son's name we pray, amen.